Tom Bernard Show with Mark Stubberud, JB, Lane Christensen, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brant Bernard, Cassie Schrader, and we'll be right back to complain. <laughs> or no, I'm just kidding. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and <laughs> it's gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. How lucky can one guy be? I kissed her, she kissed me. You know, Dean, you got to get that pitch a little lower. Sing like a man. <laughs> Dean Martin needs to sing like a man. Mark, that's a great look, having those headphones <laughs> tip forward like that. You look like a, a battering ram. No, you can leave it there. It's not a I, I have a recording of a show of Dean, Frank Dean and Sammy, and the host was um, Johnny, Johnny Carson. Carson. Oh, Black and White? Yes. Oh, yeah. It was the first show ever on TV land. I just saw that. And it was recorded in St. Louis. And... Sammy and Dean sung all of Frank's songs first. That's not, that's not the one where Dean Martin picked him up, is it? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> you do that these days? Good luck to you. <laughs> Dean Martin walks out on stage. Sammy Davis Jr. is on stage already. Dean Martin walks over, picks him up, and goes, I want to thank the NAACP for this wonderful award. <laughs> <laughs> Dean. But they purposely sung all of Frank's yeah, songs. Yeah. To Phenomenal. Piss, to piss Frank off. <laughs> Who had to come in and sing the songs after them. I don't know you want to piss Frank Sinatra off either. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some friends. But that, that's that's the only two guys that probably could get away with. It, that's probably so. true. That clip I saw, Johnny actually, they sang, uh, that's the Birth of the Blues. Right. Yeah. And yep. Johnny sang. He's, he's had pretty, a decent he's pretty job. good. Yeah. Well, he was a talented guy. He was a very talented guy. Best interviewer in history. Right, but he could... Man, that guy yeah. could interview. There's yeah. no doubt about it. I was mentioning briefly uh, before the show came on that there's an article in the Star Tribune today about uh, Johnny Lang. Johnny Lang came into KQ Studios 21 years ago when he was 16 years old. The guy's a phenomenal guitar player, great singer. Lie to Me is just beautifully sung. He does a great job with that. But there was an article about him. Now he's 37 years old. He lives in Los Angeles, but he's got a show tonight. Catherine's actually going to the show tonight. So you know what I'm doing tonight once she's at the Johnny Lang show? Because I didn't get invited. Sitting and watching the dog? I'm going to go see The Nun. Oh, well, you like it, Tom. The Nun. You and Alex? No, Alex is going to Johnny Lang. No. Oh. Everybody's going to Johnny Lang with me. <laughs> but anyway, I, so I see this article, and I, I, I said, you know, this has got to be great because Johnny Lang, he's from Fargo, but generally a hometown kid. The comments have to be great. Horrendous. Who's this loser? 
<laughs> what? What? The kid at 16 years old had a hit. What have you? What did you do when you were 16 other than pick your ass there, pal? So people hadn't even seen the show yet. They no. were making oh, no. comments. No, no, no. He's horrible. Uh, what has been. Uh, he's uh, was and never was. It's Johnny Lang. Why don't you be proud? Uh, again, he's not a hometown boy, but he's Fargo he close enough. Yeah, he, he did, yeah. Cut his teeth here. He played in nicest uh, guy at the zoo uh, this yeah, summer. Right. Laura and I went. It was nicest fantastic. guy ever. Yeah. He moved to Minneapolis when he was 14. 14, there you go. He might have been 14 when he came to the studio. He might have been 23. At 14. There you go. There, so that's probably what it was. He was probably 14. And all these people, ah, I get it. You know, why don't you give it a whirl there, pal, when you're 14 years old, move away from home and see what happens. Right. <laughs> Maybe Mark could drink beer at 14. <laughs> oh, I tried. No, south of Fargo, at least. Down the prairie. Here's what Mark did when he walked in with a beer can. He goes, <laughs> Come, look, it's a beer can. <laughs> I was not stuff. quite that cruel. No, no, you were not. You were not cruel. It's great to see you again. It's been a few well, years. Thank you. No, Absolutely. It's very, very nice to see you again. Fun to hang out with you. We like hometown stuff in any case. We do. And I still love the story. Um, just after you came into the studio, the three, four years ago, whatever it was now, Lane, you'd probably know. It was three, three four years ago, right? It's about three. So I'm in Florida, right? walking down the street. Here comes a guy the other way, Summit Beer. He's wearing a Summit Beer t-shirt. I said, are you from Minnesota? He goes, no. I said, where'd you get that t-shirt? He goes, oh, it's great, man. Great beer. How would he have gotten? I mean, he was a Florida resident. How the hell would he even gotten Summit Beer? No, maybe a cousin. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, so maybe. It's only, it's is it only yeah. sold in Minnesota? Ninety uh, percent of our sales are in Minnesota. Mm. We sell uh, beer in Wisconsin just to tease them. What they drink? <laughs> and, I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, next stop is North Dakota, Iowa, and South sure, Dakota, and sure. that's in that a makes sense. descending order of our sales. But we're in a five-state footprint. North that's Dakota wonderful. sells more than South. Well, I suppose. Yep. Well, part of it is because I'm from North Dakota as well. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. We'll talk slow. Wapiton. Oh, you from Wapiton? Yeah. yeah. I, used to, I lived in both Grand Forks and uh, Fargo. Well, Always I, had a good time. Except when I lived in Grand Forks, I'll be honest with you. Now, I had just left the ghetto in <laughs> North <laughs> Minneapolis. I'm living up in up in Grand Forks. Uh-huh. I could not understand a word those people were saying. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm well, like, the wind what affects the? it. <laughs> yeah, the right. wind affects their vocabulary. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Winter wind because I moved up there in February, genius that Beautiful. I am. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm driving a, a Volkswagen Fastback. I can't remember what those are even called. But I'm driving down the road, and there's black ice. That's, I don't know if you ever heard of that before, but you have here from North Dakota. You, there's ice on the road, but you can't you see, see it. it. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving down the road. This wind comes up, and my car goes, whoop, does a full 360. But I got lucky because it did a full 360. Otherwise, I'd have been screwed. It just kept right on going. It kept right on going. It was unbelievable. It just did. It went, what? Okay, well, we'll move forward. But I tell you what, I did like the people in North Dakota. They're very, they're very nice people there. I always had a good time. You have to be grounded with that strong wind. I like that, too, the Literally. fact that when I did live uh, in, in Grand Forks, uh, my roommate was Victor Treadwell and his sister Gail. She was a beauty queen. They're both African American. So you got a 19 year old white kid from North Minneapolis living with two black people in, in Grand Forks, North Dakota. They're like, what do you mean you live together? They had never even heard of that before. Black people and white people living together? Mm-hmm. That? But Victor was Victor's apartment. And I met Victor. So I just became their roommate. Couldn't have been more fun. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. What a great time. Were you on the air at that point? Yeah, I was on KNOX. KNOX in Grand Forks. Then I was on KVOX in Fargo. So that's going back a few days. That was in the Catman days? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Although at, at KNOX in Grand Forks, I hadn't gone to KSTP yet. Uh, Fargo was after no one would hire me after KSTP. So that's why I moved to Fargo because people refuse. Uh, the guy at, at WCCOFM at the time. His name was John Long, I think. John Long was a program director. And I showed up for an interview to do the overnight show, right? He said, Tom, I just uh, I just don't think you have what it takes to do overnights here. Oh, really? Well, John, luckily, is dead now, so I don't have to go and choke him to death. <laughs> well, to be fair, you never did do overnights. 
I did a KSTP when I first started out when oh. I was in my, when I was in my late teens. You do kind of the opposite of overnights now. Yeah, kind of the opposite. The ruin your overnight. Yeah, you get basically. up in the morning. Got to tell you, I cannot wait till Hal Sparks gets here. He's coming here in the second hour too because we were. Oh, talking so it's about, not going to be Mark Marin. No, Mark Marin doesn't do doesn't do uh, the. I was going to say I'm surprised he's coming in. Well, no, for doesn't. one, he sold out, so you know. Yeah, he sold. He has no financial or, incentive to come. He sold, sold out all four shows. He did an interview with the Star Tribune though to make sure that nobody knew he was here. Oh, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I love teasing the Star Tribune because he gets so mad at me about this. Would you? It's a joke. Shut up, for Christ's right. sake. We big, like Brian and Moore anyway. We don't, what's that? Brian Miller? Isn't he coming in? Is he? Well, he's at Acme. No, no, he's he's at Acme. Next week, I Next think. week, I think. Well, he was there at September 4th. Oh, yeah, he was there September 4th because it was the funniest comedian he left. In, the, in the Twin Cities. <laughs> no, he hosted the, the oh, funniest hosted comedian in Twin Cities. Oh, he hosted them. Yeah, he was mm. the host. I saw, matter of fact, I ran into him downstairs here, and I hadn't seen him in a few years. He was or a on Wednesday, years. too. He was on Wednesday, yeah. So. No, he's not. He, no, it's Mark Maron. He's probably, he might be opening for Mark Maron, maybe. But um, I walked past Brian Miller. And he walked past me, and I said, hey, Brian. He goes, yeah. I said, it's Tom Bernard. He goes, Christ, I didn't even know it was you. Because I was just talking to Mark. I said, I've lost 92.5 pounds in the last five months. I've seen you from a distance, and it took me a bit to yeah. reconfigure my brain. <laughs> Look how much smaller his ass is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what it is. Probably not, not that. that exactly, but <laughs> Tom, it's always better to be a little less of an ass than you were. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> true. Right on the money. So tell me about Summit. We were just talking about the fact, and look, I, I, I don't drink anymore. Six years has been, so so I'm not like condemning all these these little brew pubs and all that stuff because I've not had their beer. Uh-huh. But I don't understand... And maybe you guys, do you guys go to brew pubs, any of you? Always. Uh, you do? I've gone to a couple in town. But why would you want to drink beer that was made by somebody who doesn't know how to make beer? It's kind of true. I don't get that. You've got a consumer out there that's on a, a mission to explore as mm-hmm. much as they can. Yeah. yeah, I suppose. And, you know, they're always looking for something new or a new experience or, uh, you know, to have the newest secret. Um, yeah. And it, it becomes a, a pretty closed system uh, uh, for that individual, but uh, that's the attraction. So individually, you've got a large population of people who are doing that right now. Yeah, you are, that's true. And, and with the change in the, in the laws for brewers, to allow a brewer to have a tap room, most of the business models that these folks have right now that are opening up uh, recently is it's almost exclusively on-premise sales. Yeah, right. So essentially they're in the bar business. Yeah, that's they right. They really that's are. Right. They really yep. are. They may not realize it at the time because, you know, they just want to have that cool brewer's mm-hmm. lifestyle mm-hmm. and brew a batch of beer, see what happens, yeah. have fun selling it. But I think in a couple of years, for a number of these folks, they're going to wake up in the, some morning and go, Hell, I didn't know I was going to be in the bar business. Yeah, that's exactly you know? right. So yep. it, it, it's one hell of a learning curve for these guys. And, um, you know, it, it, it's one thing. I'm a, I'm a pretty damn good cook. In fact, I'm a really good cook. But I I don't fantasize about opening up a restaurant. Right, right. And a restaurant, yeah, they're hard to run. Absolutely. It's a real tough business these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing, too, I mean, I won't get on my soapbox too much today, but... Uh, Sometimes it's very difficult to be surrounded by amateurs. I understand We, that. we have Absolutely. people that have gotten in the business. They don't have any academic training. They have never been mentored. They haven't worked in a commercial uh, field in terms of a brewery. Um, you know, and they're canning beer that hasn't finished fermenting, and these cans are exploding. Um, it's yeah. all, it really is kind of a mess in Other the background. Other than that, though. Other than that. Well, there's a dark side to every profession, I guess. A certain radio station that you talked about that you worked at earlier Mm -hmm. had its last uh, beer show last night. Oh, it was last night? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they would have this show once a week, and they had a guest from, uh, he he has a brewery up in the UP. But he was talking about the amount of, we would all be surprised the amount of lawsuits there have spun out from 
Kind of like getting food poisoning or something. Food poisoning, people not uh, getting the right uh, paperwork or things, just different things. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, Mark needs to be fined, though, because I just looked at a can of Summit beer. And he included the words Dakota and Soul in the same time. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Dakota well, Soul. You know, I've decided to take, uh, you know, this is my risky behavior right there. You know, <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, I bet it is. Are those but, cold or warm? Yeah, these are cold. <laughs> no, you can have Those yeah. are burning hot. Don't drink oh, them. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah, drink yeah, them. Yeah, they just pull them out of the pasteurizer. Oh. Uh, no, I, it's soul. a beautiful beer, Tom. Uh, so, you know, Dakota Soul, it's so damn simple. It's the coolest thing about it is, first of all, my cousins up by Rugby in north-central North Dakota mm-hmm. have been growing a particular type of barley that we love. Oh, okay. And that barley goes to Rar Malting Company. It goes through the malting process. But this Moravian 37 is the variety. It's very rare. It's only produced by my cousins uh, to date. Uh, and that goes into all of our lager beers, whether or not it's the Oktoberfest, um, our Maybach. But finally, Maybach. after working with my cousins for 10 years, they're happy with me that I've finally given them credit <laughs> wow, for yes, all of I the suppose. stuff that they do. I suppose that's true. Mm. So that's a connection with Dakota. And the other piece is that when you talk to a brewer, water is a foundation of beer. Hops are like a spice. It's the yeast that provides the character in terms of flavor profile. Mm-hmm. But malt is the soul of beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So it, it's just very simple, it, and it tells a story right on its own. I like it very much. Anybody else want a beer? Sure. I got to go to work. I knew you would. I got to go to work after this. So, Back to work. What so. work? I got a soccer game tonight. You do? Oh. Yeah. The, oh, oh, look at all I the get Oktoberfest. Oh. I'll have whichever one is the most, the least hoppy. That would be uh, probably the Oktoberfest or, or this one. Least hoppy? Uh, do you, would you like a touch of smoke? Yes, actually. Oh, yes. Oh, and he gets a touch of smoke. Frankie Woodsman. It's, okay. a, it's a brown mm. ale with you know, it's a smoke, smoke and maple. malt. Oh, and not brown ale. And, so, uh, yeah. So we do have to take a break here, but we'll be right back. And when we get back, because everybody in here is drinking except for me, I'm going to be really me. crabby. <laughs> well, you can't handle a can. You broke your you broke your finger. <laughs> I'll open it for oh, you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll be right back. Tom Bernardo. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, was here to talk about a great service at an app that you can get and use from North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my buddy, my pal of mine, why do I need this and why is it cool? We developed the app to compete with the other payment applications across the country. We wanted something that was safe, secure, easy to use, and most of all, free. Say, for example, Alex needs some money and you want to send her some money, you can do it right away in the payment app and would get into her account without her having to go to the bank. Most convenient for the princess in your life. And the prince Andy, too, because I wouldn't want the kids having to leave the house to get cash. I wouldn't want that. No, there'd be no sense in that. You'd have to buy the gas then, too. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to love it. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Check out nabankco.com slash kq for more about XCheck. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to RSVP today. That's 855-554-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. What song is this? Toby. A Beer for My Horses by oh, Toby Keith. there you go, Toby Keith. I and Willie. I don't know anything about country music at all except for Remember When. I you love know, that song. Um, 
C.W. McCall. Yeah. That's because you listened to it over <laughs> yeah. and over and over When and we over went to Maid Right. Made, to, made right, and he would play C.W. McCall in the jukebox about 15 times in a row. Convoy? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Convoy. My, my oldest boy loves that old country. Uh, well, he, I don't know why, but he likes, um, uh, God. Jerry why Lee am I, No, not Jerry Lee. I why can't I think Lee. of his name now? Even older. Johnny Cash? Uh, Kenny Rogers. Oh, you painted it. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Shakespeare gone bad. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Yeah, he's 14 and he loves to listen to that old country. I love that. loves I, Convoy, too. He walks around the song see? singing it. <laughs> Jerry Lee Lewis, what made Milwaukee famous, has made a loser out of me. <laughs> what a phenomenal title for a song. Is, is it scary that the hockey playing black guy knew the song was Convoy? That is scary. Yes. You're like actually whiter <laughs> than I am. a lot of brothers play hockey. <laughs> hey, no, Culturally. no, no. Now, now Culturally, it's, it's changing, yeah. It's, in the league now, just about every team has one. Some teams have <laughs> two. One black man. There's at least one. one. It's not is that a requirement because... or anything, is it? Huh? It's not a requirement. Yeah, I was no, going to say, is that just... because black people want in or because white people want black people? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of both. Uh. And also... Uh, a strange thing happened many years ago. A lot of Jamaicans went to Canada to yeah, live. Yeah, they did, yep. Oh. Well, in huh. North, Min- North Minnesota, too. Northern right. Minnesota. And Absolutely. so as they had kids, their kids wanted to play what their friends were playing, yep. which is hockey. hockey. Yeah. And so now you see a, a lot of Can- uh, Afri- African Canadians, I guess you would call them, um, Wrong cough button. Yeah. You I know, think it's great. Lane is drinking beer. Now he's hitting cough buttons over there. You're unbelievable. <laughs> it was actually the, the beer. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Sorry. No. I understand. This is yours. I don't know who, where there's, a, there's a black hockey player. Who, some famous woman is dating a, a hockey player. Oh. Um, uh, who the hell is Our it? skier. Our local skier. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Lindsey Vaughn. Um, Lindsey Vaughn. Yeah. Lindsey Vaughn is, is dating, uh, God, what is... She's had some high-profile boyfriends. Yeah, Tiger Woods, you know. Yeah, no. A little, a little bit of high-profile there it's, for you. It's, uh, God, um, uh, I can see his face. P.K. Subban? Subban. Subban, there yeah, you go. P.K. Subban. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the top players in the league. JB, I got uh, Bill Bellamy to do his Dave Chappelle impression this morning on the show again. He does the greatest does Dave he? Chappelle. I've never it's heard it. perfect. Oh, it was phenomenal. I mean, it's unbelievable. i tell you what. I mean, I'll have to find it. I'll have to isolate it. Oh, that'd be great. Well, yeah. um, For those who listen to this show and not the KQ Morning Show, which is not a lot, but still, (laughs) we never talked about um, what the hell's Burt Reynolds. Oh, that's well, he, right. But yeah. He, we found out after the show was over that he was dead. We found out like two minutes after the show ended yesterday mm-hmm. that Burt Reynolds had died. Yeah. We did talk about Burt Reynolds. I think it was it was Summit Beer that killed him. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> not it. Oh, another that's... lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> another lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, one thing you both have in common. <laughs> I I will tell you this. Honest to God, toward the end, it might have been the reason I had gotten up to three hundred seventeen pounds, maybe three seventeen and a half. Uh, Toward the end of my career as a beer drinker, my friends would go get, hey, I'm going to grab a beer. I said, okay, that sounds good. They would come back with four beers, one for them and three for me. <laughs> Put a little weight on because that, but so I'd go one at a time is all I'm saying. You'll be fine. Back in the day, what was your fancy? What did you like to drink beer-wise? Um, well, yeah, we did a lot of sponsored beer. I, I've always loved Summit beer, obviously. No question about it. No, I have. I'm not going to. I don't lie. If I don't like it, I go, you know, Mark. Summit and Grain Belt. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Grain Belt. I say he drank a lot of Brain Melt. A lot of yeah, brain. that's what we called it, Brain Melt. A lot of Brain Melt, melt absolutely. That was my first Northeast. Inter- yeah, that was my first introduction to beer was uh, Grain Belt beer. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, playing sports and drinking beer was phenomenal. <laughs> that was a great time, man. Did you drink before or after? During. During. <laughs> just had a camelback on? Yeah, I had a camelback on. Hey, the summit's doing really good. <laughs> Sipping it right out of my backpack. But you know what? The thing about beer is, beer, I never got angry drinking beer. You know, that was a wine thing. It was a wine and mm. a really a scotch thing. If I drank hard liquor, oh, God, everyone run away. I wonder <laughs> if it was like the sugar processing with the alcohol that made you... Uh, That's a good question. Like when you metabolize yeah. it, you yeah. know, because I know when I drink wine, it goes straight to my head. Uh-huh. I go from completely sober to I'm rolling on the floor and I can't <laughs> function. Mark would like this story as a guy who sells beer. Uh, 
a new Mexican restaurant opened downtown Minneapolis. This was 15 years ago, probably. And the owner is the guy who owns, um, oh, what the hell is the one over in St. Paul just off of Grand Avenue? La Cucaracha. La Cucaracha, right. He opened a La Cucaracha in Minneapolis. What a great bad name for a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> and so he invites me over. He says, Tom, I'd like you to come over. And I'm sitting there. I say, absolutely, I'll come over. I love La Cucaracha. Uh, so I go over there, and I sit down. And he goes, Tom, uh, I'd like you to drink a, a glass of tequila with me. I said, you don't want to be giving me tequila. <laughs> He goes, no, no, with just one glass, we'll have one glass of tequila. Not a big deal. So I said, okay, I can do one glass, but that's about it. He comes out with a 12-ounce tumbler full of tequila. So my one glass was like 12 ounces of tequila, right? It was nice tequila. It was really good. It was 100-year-old tequila. So I drank it. And so I drank this 100-year-old. It was 100 years old. It was phenomenal tasting stuff, by the way. So I finish it. He goes, Tom, would you like another? I said, no. He goes, why not? And I said, because I'm really pissed off and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason to be angry. I just am. No. <laughs> oh, man, it's, uh, isn't that great? So how did you get in the beer business in the first place? Well, you know, uh, as you remember, I started out with a degree in social work. Yep. And uh, was a trained family it. therapist. <laughs> and moved to the Twin Cities from North Dakota in 1980 to work at St. Mary's Hospital, where I worked with adolescents and young adults. Wonderful. And I was in charge of the evaluation unit uh, for their CD program. Um, I'm not making this up, Michelle. And, uh, and, or Melissa. Uh, yeah, or <laughs> Melissa, I'm it's sorry. It's okay, everybody. <laughs> Uh, that happens to me all the time. So listen, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, Melissa, it's, uh, I, I, I found myself um, stuck in middle management in uh, hospital-based treatment programs and because and, I was a supervisor and a director and all kinds of stuff. But it, it was time to do something different, thought about medical school. Mm. Um, and... The fact that I was a beer drinker and I'd been reading and studying about what was going on. There was nine breweries at the time when I started doing research in 82. And um, you know what led to the next thing was I started meeting people in the industry, started going to brewing school, and also had two master brewers that mentored me. Um, And I thought, what the hell? You know, if I just really stay focused on retooling myself and getting into a new discipline the money will follow uh-huh. <laughs> so if you can imagine uh well i tell you what my my when i told my father he wasn't happy that i ended up with a degree that i did from und anyway he says you know you know people like social workers and counselors and that they need more help themselves mm-hmm. than the people that they're trying to help how I'll, I'll so, agree with that because I, I think that is true. Yeah, I yeah. worked with homeless teenagers for um, <clears throat> five years. Uh-huh. Most of the people I worked with were so needy. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, that's true. Uh, so anyway, my dad he was a, a printer and he owned a small newspaper and he taught printing and so I grew up with this value of you know you make something for a living. But and then there was a time when I wanted to start a commune out in the homestead in western North Dakota. Yeah, he wasn't he wasn't that. he wasn't pleased with that idea. No, not the commune. So so, you know, when I started talking about starting a brewery <laughs> <laughs> you can only imagine what he said. Um, and uh, you know the last thing he said to me is, Don't ask me for any money. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there yeah. you go. So it's not like I got this Kickstarter you hear that, from, Andy? From friends and family. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, no money if I want to start yeah. a brewing company. <laughs> so if you can imagine this, when I was out trying to raise 200000 from 20 different private investors out on the street, here's a knucklehead from North Dakota, a degree in social work, trained in family therapy, came down here to work at St. Mary's, and living in St. Paul, and he wants to start a brewery. Yep. You know, uh it, it took 14 months to uh, find the first 20 people that really? would, that, that would back me. Yeah, really? and it was about 1,400 interviews. 1,400 cold, wow. cold calls, oh and then 600 uh, face-to-face wow. interviews. Jeez, I mean, people just thought I was way off my rocker to begin with. And well, I still think you are. Well, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> that well, helped. that's why we get along. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> but anyway, very true. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it, and then to, 
start up back in 1986, I mean, the beer scene is totally different. And uh, to say that beer distributors and most uh, restaurant owners and liquor store owners, to say that they were skeptical would be an understatement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but now things are starting to slow up. I mean, the, the shelves are really saturated. And, you know, a new brewery opens up, and they're not starting with, like, one brand, like with Extra Pale Ale. Right. They've got five or six, and, and they're halfway expecting, almost feeling entitled that <laughs> the retailer will clear the shelves. How, how do they get started it took you a lot of work to get started how do they get started well you know there's some folks that that do have some money yeah you know? yeah that's true yeah. you know they're they they do have some money it's also uh, as i said before the business plan is primarily sales in the tap room uh, so you start out with a lower investment you don't necessarily need to purchase a bottling line uh, and, you know, for us, because our livelihood was based on working with wholesalers and retail customers. Uh, so the, the investment is a little bit lower when you're just looking at a tap room, and you get immediate cash flow. So that, that helps. It uh, does, It yeah. does. But, again, uh, it's important to have a business plan. You know, I tell you, thinking back to beer, because I started drinking when I was 11, I drank. I started drinking and smoking when I was 11 years old. And then I quit smoking when I was 20. I quit drinking when I was 21 too, but then later on I started drinking wine when I was like 29. So I, from 21 to 29, I didn't drink or smoke, and I haven't smoked since I was 21. But all the different beer. One thing I did love because I did, you know, 11 years old. So my voice dropped. I grew to. I grew to about five foot ten. My voice dropped when I was 11 years old. No one maybe you. from the smoking. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but the great thing we could do is because Tommy Bryce O'Brien was small for our age, so Tommy Bryce would dress up as childlike as he possibly could. <laughs> I would call the liquor store and go, "Yeah, I'm. Uh, I need a couple of uh, cases of Grain Belt Ponies uh, sent to this address over in Washburn Avenue North." And all right, thank you very much. I'll, I'll look forward to, to seeing you half hour. So I would go in and turn the shower on when the guy pulled up in the truck. <laughs> I'd go in and turn the shower on, and Tommy would answer the door. He goes, hey, Dad, the guy from the liquor store is here. And I'd go, yes, son, the money's on the television. And the guy, he'd give him the money, and we got the beer, and life was grand. Because he, he didn't think any kid could have a voice that deep. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? But it was, and it was always Grain Belt Ponies back then. We uh -huh. were in our teens. It was Grain Belt Ponies. It's just, I don't know, it, the great memories of beer drinking as a kid, though, we had fun. The thing I didn't like, though, is I never liked malt liquor. I, it's too sweet or something. What is malt liquor? Well, basically, it's a beer that's about 40% barley malt and 60% dextrose. Or corn syrup. Extra, oh, oh, wow. Well, there you so, go. That's why you know, it was too sweet Is there for such me. thing as malt liquor that isn't that much sugar? Because uh, I like barley no. malt. Yeah, no, it's... Um, Should it, I just drink barley malt? Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the issue is that when you use more barley malt, you always have more body and residual sweetness. Mm. So if you've ever had a barley, a barley wine, for example, oh, uh, you know, something that's like 9.5% plus, when you're using 100% malt... You always have this body and this residual sweetness, and that's what stops people from drinking. And then you would only drink mm. like maybe a half of it. Oh. So malt liquors are always pretty dry in the finish. They're strong uh, in terms of uh, percent alcohol. I was going to ask: Is it higher alcohol? It's, yeah, it's higher. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you're looking at six to seven percent alcohol by volume mark Instead how about four those, or five? those yeah. new ones that are i see around there called uh something claw well it's white claw white yeah. claw it's like yeah. a very yeah. low calorie malt beverage yeah and the reason why you know like mike's hard lemonade and those folks are using a malt base uh, for their products even though the alcohol is the percent alcohol is higher it's still taxed as a beer Oh, so there it's you go. Lower taxes than wine. I like it. And then, so that's why they use this forty percent. If they go below forty percent malt, 
they can't call it a beer anymore. Oh, oh there you go. Right. So, uh, and then it was a few years back, some companies got in trouble with a lot of these spiked flavored malt oh, beverages, yep, yep. as they called them. Because they were actually, you know, it'd say, well, it has an essence of tequila in it. Well, they were actually spiking it with tequila. That's why it has an essence of tequila. <laughs> yeah. We will be right back, and I'm going to tell you one of my favorite stories about that. It's, it's phenomenal. Mark Stottrude with us, ladies and gentlemen. Summit, a great, great bunch. How many different kinds of beers do you have now? Well, you know, we usually have uh, six year-round beers. Uh, four of those are kind of our core, and then uh, seasonal beers, and then some limited releases. I like it. We'll yep. be right back in a couple of minutes. Tom Bernard Show. John, I just got another complaint about our delivery service. Oh, not again. Yep, we have to do something about our courier service. You know, they're a reflection of us. What happened now? Well, you know that one driver that has the dog that rides with him? Uh Uh-huh. Well, when he got out of his truck to deliver our package, his dog got out and delivered, well, uh, his own package, if you know what I mean. That's it. I want you to call... Priority Courier Experts, because, you know, they've got more than 500 drivers. And tell them we need... A professional, reliable courier service. And make sure they have internet order entry and real-time tracking you know i had priority courier experts account rep in here about a month ago and who knows how many accounts we could have serviced better if we had just signed up and started using the twin cities largest most reliable on-call courier service what's that number because the next package is going with priority courier experts already dialing 651-748-4477 priority courier experts can we help you can you ever priority courier experts every time you call us we deliver Tony Price from the Gold Star Ride Foundation here. I wanted to share a story from the road. Since you already know about Gold Star families being those left behind when somebody's killed in the military, and you already know those people died for your freedom. So I woke up in a cheap motel somewhere in the mountains, and I shared stories with the manager. As I was leaving, a maid who had been listening, and her name is Shorty, ran out to ask me if she could donate. I said yes, and I tried to donate $30 with a credit card. It didn't work, and we made arrangements to meet at a coffee shop a block away after she went to an ATM. I got coffee and invited the people at the coffee shop to talk on our documentary, which they agreed to do. Then they made me pay for the coffee. It wasn't much, but still, when I turned around, there was the maid, Shorty, who handed me a $20 bill saying she couldn't donate 30 because she only had 20 Made me feel sorry for the young women in the coffee shop who couldn't come up with $4 for my coffee. Thank you, Shorty. Goldstarride.org. Ooh, there's a little Jerry Lee right now, ladies and gentlemen. Come on up, baby, hold a shake going on. Love Jerry Lee Lewis. Still alive. After, still he's touring. Got, he's got like a 1% of a stomach left, but he's still <laughs> out there touring. So two quick things. Uh, first one is... There was a, uh, you were talking about flavored malt beverages. Mm-hmm. There was one, and I think it was a flavored malt beverage called Apropos. It came out, it was called Apropos, <laughs> right? And this is when I, God, this is 50 years ago, probably. So this comes out, and it's Apropos, and it's not selling. Nobody's buying it. And so they figure, what's the problem? Because it was, it was okay taste. It wasn't great, but. I went back to the liquor store, and I'm still a teenager buying, because once again, I was almost six feet tall and had a deep voice, so they'd sell me liquor. So I go in there. He goes, um, we've got a new beverage. You want to want to try this beverage? And I said, uh, yeah, what is it? He goes, it's a, it's a malt beverage. It's a flavored malt beverage. Really, really good. I said, what's the name? And he goes, right time. I said, you mean apropos? <laughs> they changed the name from apropos <laughs> to right time, and then it started selling. <laughs> People didn't want to drink something called apropos. <laughs> Crazy. And then the other thing is one of my one of my proudest moments of my life, actually. I got a call from my agent in, in Chicago. They want you to fly down. Coors has, has a new uh, brand coming out, and they want you to be the voiceover guy for it. And I said, okay. So I go down, and the pr- producer of the spot says, yeah, well, we want it really kind of gravelly like this. We want, you know, George Killian's Red. That's how they wanted me to do it, right? So I kept going. I did like 20 commercials. George Killian's Red. You know, the, the, that whole deal. And so I record all 20 of them. They're going to go on the market. I got called later that day. Uh, Tom, they yanked you from the campaign. And I said, Why? Because Peter Kors thinks you sound like Wolfman Jack. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I guess I kind of did, but I just did what they wanted me to do. But I've been personally fired by Peter Kors. So, I'm very proud of that. And then he went to um, the guy that does it now, yeah. uh, Sam, uh, the, the cowboy guy. Oh, Sam Elliott. Uh, Sam Elliott. Does, Sam he, do, does he do George Killian's Red now? No, he, he does course. Cores. Yeah. Oh, he does Cores. That's right. He does do Cores. You're absolutely the, right. The they pulled in some beer, Irish dude. That's right. Spokesperson. For George Killian's yeah, Red. Yeah, face, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can uh-huh. see it. They didn't want more. Yeah, baby, I'm drinking George Killian's Red. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, it's a great business. That's all oh, I have to say. Lord. Those Coors Originals kept the, the the old barrel style bottles mm-hmm. with the little. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They uh, actually Ca- reintroduced those this year. I like them. Yeah, it's a good little lager. There was a brand mm-hmm. of beer, and I won't say the name, but but it was a very famous. I don't even know it's still around anymore. It might be, but there. Well, Schmidt beer. I'll just tell people. Yeah, yeah. Are they still around? You can see it, yep. Oh, you can see it, yep. because they used to have the big plant over in St. Paul, yeah, yeah. and every Halloween, some guy would get up on the sign and block out the C <laughs> and the M, and guess what it spelled after he, he, he removed three letters, and it went from Schmidt to shit. <laughs> <laughs> this gigantic neon sign, and he did it every, I don't know why they never stopped him, he did it every year. It was unbelievable. But uh, tradition. <laughs> and I guess it was tradition him to, to drive along. Uh, was it 35E? I guess mm-hmm. is where it would West be. West Seventh Street. West Seventh Street. Yeah, you can see. Clear as day. Oh yeah, West Seventh Street. You could absolutely see it clear yeah. as day. But you know, that's the great thing about the whole beer culture. I don't know many guys who didn't go through the beer culture thing. Young guys go through the kind of a. Yeah, I, I grew up actually on Falstaff. Falstaff. I did their commercials later on in life. Falstaff and. Uh, What's the one that's fully croissant? Lying in Kugel? No, it's no, not no, lying. I did that, too. Heilman's Special X. Was it? Fully croissant. Fully it was old Croizen. style. Old style. That's yeah, exactly old what it was. Style. Old style beers. Yeah, I did about 10 different beers of voice over, over a 30-year period. And it was So they'd send beer to the house, so I was very happy. How about this one, Tom? <laughs> Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of special. <laughs> the beer we're drinking. Well, Pally. <laughs> Lowenbrow. Let it be Lowenbrow. Yeah, I did uh, Jake Leinenkugel. I did spots with him. I did spots with everybody. It was, it was wonderful. It was a fantastic life. So now, how many years are we into it? So you get your, your, your 1,400 interviews. How many years now have you been into it? Uh, this is, uh, we just started our 33rd year of being in business. The reason I asked him that is because yeah. his brewery started pretty much the same month that my career at KQ started. I was going to say it popped up about the time that I started doing the show. Yep, absolutely. So that's the great right. thing. So in other words, those calls paid off. Oh yeah, and it's uh, my my father never thought I'd have a job this long. You know? <laughs> yeah, I never thought my father'd have a job that long, so yeah. it's kind of the opposite. But it all worked out in the end. Yeah. Work. Yeah. What do you mean work? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, Dad, no, that's great. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so it all works out in the end. Are you still loving it as much as you always have? Oh, absolutely. It that's really great. is a great it's industry. It's, uh, no, no. I mean, you know, things change, and right now uh, the industry is. Um, a little confused and diluted, but, uh, you know, we've yeah. gone through uh, two other economic cycles, you know, like, sure. uh, you know, heck, uh, back in 2008, somebody would say, hey, Mark, how's oh, business? Man. And I'd say, well, over 50% of our beer is sold on premise at restaurants and bars. What uh-huh. do you think? And they'll go, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because back when uh, when that recession hit, you know, everybody was told, look, if you're going to hang on to your money, don't go out and eat. You know, don't, yeah, you that's know, right. Swing yeah, by the true. liquor store, get a six-pack, and uh, yep. have a pizza. So it, it um, but we've seen a lot of changes. And in, in my organization, you know, I mean, Summit really is very, very youthful. You know, I, I, I think so, yeah. I, I yep. am the oldest fart there right now, believe me. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I can't hide that fact. But... Uh, Damien McCann, who's in charge of the Brewers, is top notch. He has his degree from Harriet Watt in Edinburgh, Scotland. You know, he's an Irish native. Um, thank God he married a Yank, so he don't have to pay an immigration attorney. Oh, I like it. Make sure that uh, we I can like keep it. him stateside. And and all of the Brewers that we have are you know very educated. Uh, but they're extremely youthful as as well as the sales and even the administrative side of things. So it 
you know, that's that generation that's going to take over. And, you know, because probably in about five years, I, I'll probably never retire, but I'd like to work half days. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That'd be good. Half yeah. days would be good. Yeah. Um, now, in, in my youth, the two, big, the two big brands in town were, of course, Grain Belt and Hams. You bet. They were big. Is Hams even around anymore? Sure, sure. It, but you don't hear their name ever anymore. It, it, it's primarily, well, you see it on draft, you know, occasionally. Oh, okay. Okay. But and, and it's certainly in the liquor stores. Uh, Miller Brewing Company owns the brand. Mm, that's today. right. There you go, Miller. Yeah, it absolutely. After Hams collapsed and it went through so many ownership changes, and when Stroh's kind of imploded, all of those brands were kind of chopped up between the owners of Pabst, which is a virtual brewery today, and and, and Miller. Well, there beer advertising is a lot less common than it was 20, 30 years that's ago. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's all either, it's like, you know, high life or that kind of thing. You don't right. see smaller breweries advertising, really. Yeah, they don't. That's much. true. Well, first of all, it, it takes a pretty sizable budget. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, to do that. Or it used yeah. to be like, you know, oh, you got your local channel and, you know. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But those basically don't exist anymore. And, you know, it was even, uh, to be honest, like uh, almost two years ago, uh, we stopped um, – uh, having billboards. Yeah, I did notice that. Absolutely. And and the reason for that is it reinforced this myth that we were so big. Yeah. People oh, people yeah. think that we're bigger, much bigger than we re- really are. And you know to be kind of sneered at and going, oh, you're like the Budweiser of Minnesota. Yeah, there's <laughs> a I, take a time yeah. out here, please. Yeah. We're still very tiny. There's this weird culture among beer drinkers to hate anything big. Uh huh. Uh huh. That is true. Yeah. Strange. Yep. Yep. It, it, it. So that has been a weird experience of where, uh, you know, um, we've always been the underdog. And we still are in many ways, but now we're kind of looked at as being on the top of the heap from a lot of these other new. I suppose, guys. yeah, I suppose that is. See the billboard so. that's like Summit, yeah. barely selling any since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. There you but go. you would, you would, That'll you would be it. happy to see how many, uh, you know, after, because I play thirty-five and fifty in order baseball. How mm-hmm. many guys open up their coolers after game? And summit beer is oh yeah, cool. I think that's very true. No, it it it, it, it really you're, you're JD, you're correct, and uh, we really have a solid foundation of customers. And even when people say that Summit Brewing is like an icon, mm-hmm. hell, I never thought I would hear words like that. No, I'm you sure know? that's true. And, yeah, that's but true. it it's taken a lot of work and a lot of effort and. You know, one of the things that uh, the reputation that we have of being trustworthy and consistent and reliable, uh, th- all of those things are really hard to establish when you're a small-scale producer. I want to do one thing. If you ever do start doing any television advertising, I want you to use the Summit Bear and I want to be the bear. Okay. You, that works. You've, got a, you've got a deal on right, that, that one. That sounds good. I get to be the Summit Bear from the land of Summit water. Apparently water. you've never been inside that suit. I bet you it doesn't smell great. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you it does not smell good inside that bear suit. So, Mark, did you just uh, remodel your Oshkeller? Yes. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, we... Uh, you know, I mean, I always call it the new brewery because we moved into uh, where we're located today. We moved into that brewery, built it from the ground up, moved in in December of 98. So it's been over 20 years ago now, or pretty close to 20 years. And our tap room, so to speak, our public area was just the staff lunchroom and the community room where nonprofits and other business and professional organizations could use the space. Well, after the taproom legislation changed and we could have a retail license, we decided to open a part of the week, not the entire week, because we didn't want to throw all these organizations that have been using the space to the curb and say, sorry, folks, find some other place to go. So we continue to take care of those folks and, um, uh, you know, offer uh, folks to come by and drink a pint and wander off. Well, we were getting feedback like, if you want to have the worst environment, the suckiest place to sit down and have a beer, go to Summit 
But if you want to have the best beer in town, go to Summit. Really? So we had to really change the experience. So uh, we spent some significant bucks um, uh, just this past year redoing the Rat Skeller. And, in fact, we uh, put in a new front door. Uh, again, uh, when we built the brewery, we had our front door. It's kind of right off from the river mm-hmm. the bank. That's a good idea. Yeah, it's very pastoral, and it's mm-hmm. it's calming when you go to work and all that stuff. But people who would come for tours couldn't find the damn front door. They would be wandering around <laughs> the parking lot looking for it. They would, try a, like a, they would try an employee entrance first. So we thought it would make that painfully obvious. And... Uh, we also repositioned the bar, and we also put in some beautiful graphics up on the wall that really tell the story and, the, you know, the tradition and the history of Summit. So you'll have to come and visit sometime on yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and we've got some limited hours on Sunday. Limited hours on Sunday, that's yeah. good. Yeah, well, like you know, that. it's pretty seasonal. I don't know if in February yeah. whether or not that'll work too well. We'll find not. out. Ron might not. i tell you what, though, it's always great to see you, great having you in. I love... Uh, local businesses that do really really well thank you it's across the entire five state area now it's great beer i mean thanks for being in business for 25 years when i still drank (laughs) (laughs) i appreciate i'll do what i can yeah you do what you can (laughs) no it's it it, it, beer has its own as we said it tends to be a youthful culture and then carry on look when i was a little kid bobby knots and billy knots were very good friends of mine and bernie knots their dad worked at grain belt over in northeast minneapolis right we, so we went over there to tour the joint one day. This is 100 years ago. So we're touring, and I kept noticing these employees would go over to the wall and come away with a, a, a cup. Mm-hmm. They had taps where you could drink as much beer at Grain Belt as you wanted to while you were working. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he goes, yep. <laughs> that was, those were different days, oh, no. man. Yeah, that's changed quite a bit. Oh, now. yeah, 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 yeah I'm I sure. A, I had a friend growing up. His brother worked for Anheuser-Busch, and every Friday they were given three to five cases of beer. Mm-hmm. But then man. they wondered why their uh, numbers of people being sick on Monday. For real. Yeah, I wonder. You drank five <laughs> cases of beer high. over the weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, and then Saturday and Sunday do two. Right. That's good. One on Friday, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. So they finally cut it out because yeah, they absolutely. figured out that was the problem. Well, thank you very much for coming by Summit Beer. If you've thank never you. had it, go get some because it is phenomenal beer, and it's crafted very, very well. And Mark is nuts. So that's the <laughs> other good reason. It's very attractive. Thanks very much. We'll be back in a bit. Thank you. Tom Bernard.